0: Thanksgiving hangover, maybe for the Phoenix Suns. Rough start as they take on the Detroit Pistons at home the day after Thanksgiving, but ultimately come out, win by six points over those pesky Pistons, 108 to 102. Matthew, here we are once again, coming to you live from Amarillo, Texas. Uh although you're in, I think, Bushland, land of land of the bush. Where are you at? Yeah, I think it's Bushland. Yeah, it's like
1: right outside of Amarillo. You look super <laughs> awake. I'm so tired. So tired. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, sorry, dancers. Super tired. I, I think we're hey, both pretty tired. We're
0: we're pretty beat up, and I know that tomorrow I am actually driving back to Phoenix, so that'll be a nice little 12 hour road trip. So we'll see how much length we get out of this podcast. But but a very nice win for the Phoenix Suns. They're now 12 and six on the season, the first overall seed in the Western Conference and despite it being Friday, shout out to Metal Mike, uh one of our loyal jamsters. He was tweeting uh during the game and pointed out that the Suns have last lost their last four games on Friday. They are now two and five on the season on Fridays, Matthew.
1: It's Thursday Thursday, right? No That's it's, why on Thursday it's Thursday. Yeah, no, but it leads into Friday, so they're
0: oh. hung over, right? <laughs> yeah, typically they're hung over. And I and guess what? I guess the you know, they had enough Turkey and they were hanging out with, you know, some fans. We saw a campaign hold a nice little event yesterday. So I think that because it was Thanksgiving and they were out doing charity work, they weren't out there actually getting shit slammed on a Thursday, Thursday, and therefore they were not hung over and they were able to outlast the Pistons tonight. Yeah. And
1: I think Booker was talking about Wednesday night, he gets drunk or something. And then, during uh thanksgiving that's when he's actually hungover. so he should have been fine tonight but he did look a little bit hungover still tonight <laughs> <laughs> yeah he did especially weird, from the free throw weird. line yeah, yeah just a so weird game by him, man.
0: The whole, the whole team was kind of weird, especially in that first half. So mm-hmm. plenty to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. If you're joining us live directly after the game, of course, thank you. And hit thumbs up if you're on YouTube. If you're listening to the pod at another time, hey, enjoy your weekend. Hope you're having a fun time out there. Enjoy that 70 degrees in Phoenix. It's currently like 35 degrees in Amarillo. And it's raining outside, and I hope it stops raining because I have to put a bunch of shit in the back of my truck. Uh and I don't want to have to go out there at like six in the morning and put a tarp over that shit, Matthew.
1: <laughs> yeah, good luck, man. I'll be sleeping in.
0: Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> you, can, you can fuck right off. It's funny because driving around here in Texas, there's one thing that I noticed. You know, Texas observations by John. It's This is Chevy and GMC country. Like everyone out here either has a Chevy truck or a, or a GMC truck. You see a couple Fords. I've seen a couple Dodge Rams. I, I, or they're not even Dodge Rams, the Rams now, but like I drive a Ram. And so I notice this kind of thing and it's funny because not only do they drive like the GMC, you know, 1500, 2500, but everybody drives like the Texas edition, you know what I mean? Or the Longhorn edition. Like, you know, they, they live in Texas. It's like ha- living in Arizona and buying like that Hyundai Tucson because you love Arizona and like, I just, I don't know if I could ever do it.
1: Yeah. You know, Texas is, uh, should be its own
0: country. It's
1: a place where they're very Texas and that's all they care about. And, uh, you don't really see a whole lot of mosses out here. <laughs> man, not, not a I think, I think I saw my car once, uh, but other than
0: that, that's the only time I've seen it. <laughs> Fabio in the chat says no horses. I'll tell you what, I didn't see a ton of horses. I've seen a shit ton of cows, man.
1: Yeah, no, there's uh there's horses right in front of me. Uh, a lot of people own horses where I'm at. So you see them around nice, beautiful, uh, Big behind horses,
0: <laughs> big big ass horses. Well, when we drove to to Bovina, Texas today, and on the way there, you run into Hereford, Texas. It's like the cattle, the cattle uh, uh, capital of the world, or something. So I mean, there's just like, and it smells like just beef and feed and shit. You don't
1: like that smell?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It reminds me of like winter grass. Like when I plant my winter grass at home, yeah. like, I smell like cow manure, and I like my like, the seasons. There are changing, so I liked it.
1: Yeah, it's not bad, dude. I'm actually used to it by now. So
0: yeah, well, <laughs> who's okay?
1: Who's Pat Batch? It's
0: Pat Beverly. I just put Pat Betch like you're a bitch, stupid ass Batch. Yeah, what a Batch. That that Patrick Batch. Yeah. So the, for those of you listening, obviously we have our names up on the on the live feed, and Matthew still has his as Pat Batch after Pat Bev, uh, in the last game against the Lakers. So we've been talking about, way too long about Texas. So let me drink a Lone Star beer again the national beer of texas uh pop them if you got a matthew i need you to pop something because you look tired but let's uh, let's pop and talk about the 12th win for your phoenix suns was a 108-102 to 102 victory for your Phoenix Suns. Despite shooting really bad in the first half from beyond the arc, they ended up shooting 7 of 29, but I think they were 3 for 17, something like that, from beyond the arc in the first half. But that brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. How was your Thanksgiving,
1: man? Oh, it was good. Um, I feel like well, since we've been here in Texas, we've been eating nonstop. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, like it just it's it's insane. It's like insanely good food. Uh, it's been nonstop, so I haven't been hungry at all. But Thanksgiving actually itself, it was good, man. It was <clears throat> delicious food, and it went by super quick, man. How did you feel about it?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's ever since we showed up here. There's two words that I have not said, and that's I'm hungry. Because we keep going over to your aunt's house, and they just keep feeding us food and food. They've got meals planned out. We're having deer tacos with that had coconut and raisin options. We had barbecue tonight. We obviously had Thanksgiving yesterday. Uh, but the one thing that I noticed on Thanksgiving was the fact that you know your family's real cordial. They're real nice, like Matthew, and they just they, they don't get into fights. So I figured that if I'm not going to get in fight with family, because like, you know you get around my family, they 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 drink a lot, they argue. Uh, they're loud. They know everything, you know, nothing. And, and that's what I'm used to. So being around the Lissy family, the Denny family, being around them and having them really be nice and cordial was kind of tough for me. So what I chose to do on Thanksgiving was to spend the majority of it on Twitter, just arguing with other podcasts about one subject, one subject alone. So. I, I think I've kind of come to the conclusion that whoa, look at that graphic, Suns one thousand and eight Pistons one hundred two. Let me.
1: <laughs> it should have been that. It, right? it, it, it should have been, been it, one it, thousand. It, it
0: <laughs> you know, but I, I guess like we've become the eight and hater podcast. But I like to I like to think that we're realists. You know, taking account all the factors. Most importantly, his effort relative to his contract. So for those of you who follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida, uh, you, you I was going back and forth with. Uh, Dervish of Whirl from the Fan of the Flames podcast with the Aussie Suns fans podcast. So, you know, guys that I love going back and forth with. And obviously, Aiton is one of those subjects that everybody kind of has their opinion on. And we've stated numerous times on this podcast uh, the fact that, you know, we're just kind of, uh, I, I, again, I like to think that I'm kind of a realist when it comes to DA. There's, there's challenges that he has when it comes to uh, touches, right? And that's something that Gavin from the Aussie Suns fans podcast brought up. You know, is really the fact that, you know, he's he's somebody who if you look at his total touches, he's like 25th in the league when it comes to centers. And and the th- I think the thing that both you and I agree on and, you know, you can tell me if I'm wrong, uh, I, I feel like a lot of it is is effort. It's the lack or lack thereof when it comes to D.A. And you see it when he's on the weak side and he's not fighting through screens or he's not trying to get rebounds and offensive rebounds. I mean, you can create your own touches if you get offensive rebounds, things of that nature. And I get it. That's a guard-centric offense. I get it. This is a team that's successful with their offense and has been. And I respect the fact that he plays within the confines of this offense. I love all these things about D.A. But what we would like to see are things like what we saw tonight from DeAndre Ayton, Uh, a very engaged D.A. He went and he put forth his season high as scoring 28 points. He grabbed 12 rebounds, 11 of 13 from the field. He was engaged the entire time. So it was kind of fun going back and forth with you know uh, uh, Gavin and Boyd from the uh, Aussie Suns fans and and you know Dervish of World Paul from the Fanning the Flames podcast. If you know if you guys get a chance, give him a listen because you want to you want to hear all sides of the point of, of the point of view. You want to have a holistic understanding of the argument. And I guess that you know I fall on that side. It's like I respect and and I appreciate Da, but I always want more from him. And I think that he that he can perform better. And you saw that tonight. So of course I go and I talk some shit. And he goes forth and, and dominates. And I'm glad that he did, Matthew.
1: Yeah, he um he put himself in position tonight. That was like just the only thing really. He he made it easy on campaign. What did he campaign at like 10 assists by the fourth quarter? Like yeah. something crazy like that. Like DA really did a good job on the pick and roll, making himself available. Um that's one thing that's always like kind of hard for him, I feel like, that we kind of get on him for is like, mm-hmm. hey, make yourself available. Cause his game really has to start at some point. Towards the rim, but it's not like he can't he can't be out too far. So he always has to be very very close to really get his shots off. Otherwise, he can shoot the jump shot, of course. But if he's covered, he doesn't really have any moves to get to the rim. So tonight, like he made himself available where he was rolling the right way, he was falling behind just the right amount of right amount of spacing. Um, so it made it easy for Cameron Payne to find him. There were times towards the end of the game where he still didn't find himself available, but I feel like he didn't put it in the effort. Um, But the majority of the time, though, he did. And that's all he really needs to do, especially against a Pistons team like this, where they're just so small and they're such a terrible team. They have so many injuries right now. It should be easy. And the game he had tonight was expected, and it happened. Usually, we go into these games, we expect it. It doesn't happen. So good on DA for that. I still want to see it, though, where it's... It's day. It's game after game, game after game, game after game. Like I love this effort, the what he puts forward. Um, but this just has to be this. This just has to happen all the time. Um, that's one thing that kind of frustrates us, or frustrates me. Is like you know what he is. He can get the ball over the perimeter or something, but he doesn't have any moves. He doesn't have a way to get to the rim. So those are things I thought he might work on the off season, but he hasn't really changed at all offensively that I've seen so far. So he just needs to be make it easy on the point guards to find him. And that's what he did tonight. And if he can do that, then his offense will be easy because he's so automatic. His efficiency is through the roof. Um, so it doesn't have to be too complicated. And sometimes I feel like he kind of makes it more complicated. Than it has to be. I still don't believe the side where they don't give him the ball, like they don't know how to give him the ball. Because that's, mm-hmm.
0: that's that's Al- Albert H. I've, I've never it's seen also this also the side. lack of guards looking to feed him, to your point.
1: Yeah. Um, well, what does that even mean? What do you mean? It's also the lack of guards looking to feed him like Cameron Payne or
0: yeah, like, you know, one of the reasons he doesn't score a ton of points is because the guards aren't feeding him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like they kind of want to, right? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you want to feed a guy like DA? Like, I don't understand. So, um yeah I mean Cameron Payne it, it was not ever really his game to do that but he's kind of evolved that way I mean if you have Washington Jr. out there he's not gonna do it you already saw him tonight trying to make some plays and it did not look good so I think the thing is with DA just make it easy in the point guards man you can be available just do it and there's you did tonight man but I just want to see it I don't I don't want it to be a thing where it's like we talk shit everyone's talk stuff and he comes back and has a huge game and we're no. like, Oh,
0: see, there it is. No, I want to see it for a month or two, just straight consistency. Well, that's my thing. And I agree with you there, you know, cause again, like my, my one thing, you know, that I said is, you know, he doesn't care to, to uh, make himself available. And that's what it looks like sometimes. And you did see it around the back end of the game where he didn't get back on defense one play. And, you know, he did it a couple times, but for the most part in this game, he was aggressive. And I understand that numerous players don't do it. And, and we have a microscope on D a, because he's our number one pick because he's our max center because we have high expectations for him and you know my one thing coming into this game and the argument that i've made is we haven't had a bunch of da games guess what we got tonight we got a da game you know 28 and 12 like let's go like that's what we need to see more of and when i see it more consistently that's when i'll call it like i see it i'm just calling it like i see it it's like i'm actively out there trying to you know pick apart da i don't you know, I want him to be successful because it makes this team successful and he's been successful despite the fact that this team hasn't been, you know, quote unquote feeding him. He hasn't been making himself available to those players because you saw it tonight. Cameron Payne took a couple gambles. You know, there was one play where he did not have good positioning. He was underneath the rim on the opposite side and Cameron Payne threw it over the defender because the defender was small enough. Too often he's doing that. There was one play where he, you know, he he's on the weak side that he'd see. He sets a pick and roll. He rolls. Mikhail doesn't give him the ball. He's on the weak side. And then he just stands there. Mikel's like looking trying to get him the ball. And then Mikel turns it over and DA starts clapping his hands at him. So like I like to see that he was engaged in that moment. And that's what's that that's what's fun to watch is when you see a, a DA uh that's engaged. You know, he he was hitting his jumpers, looked fantastic. He had two monster jams. Like those were everyone who's like a DA fan got wet in that moment. There's like, oh, DA. And then you know, the, the one thing I think about, Matthew, and we talked about this a little while on the last pod. But do you think the DA heard Chuck and his analysis last game? And just like Joel and a couple Joel Embiid a couple years ago, took it personal.
1: Um, I think the thing, the difference between Joel and um is and Aiden is basically Aiden, he's he's a guy that doesn't listen to that stuff. He blocks it out a lot. He even talks about like even like Angelis who's on um Twitter. Yep, he even talked about like how that guy's a troll. You know, like he finds those guys that attack him, like he just blocks them out, he blocks all that out. I don't think he pays attention. But like to Charles it. Barkley? No, because I don't. I don't. I think things are always said about him, and he never even references it. Uh, of course, being TNT, and it was most recent. Even Reggie was come, kind of going after him. I don't think it mattered. I don't think he looks at that stuff. I don't think it bothers See, him like Joel but- Embiid, because Joel Embiid was always on Twitter. Man, he was always trying to Good point. troll Good people. Point. That was the way he was. Aiden just is a peaceful dude. Just looking to go play basketball and go home to his
0: family. <laughs> but I, but maybe, you know, again, it's not necessarily him seeking that information out. When Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal are making comments about your game, which we don't see them do a bunch of. We really don't. You know, whenever they're playing the Suns, they're typically talking about the opposing team. It's the Warriors. So they just cream all over Steph and Clay. So I feel like if in this game, his performance was the primary topic of conversation, I feel like that's something that people are going to say and – his teammates are going to hear of, and they're going to bring up to him. They're, he's not going to actively seek out the information, but information like that from people who you grew up watching, who you grew up idolizing, who you respect in theory, I feel like they're going to go and you know, Devin Booker's like, hey, man, they're kind of talking some shit, man. You know, go get it. And Because he came out engaged in this game. He came out with a fire lit under him you know you look at DeAndre Ayton's performance uh in the first quarter of this game and he's really the one who kind of set the tone early I mean he had 10 points on five of six shooting also had five of his rebounds in that quarter and the Suns had 23 points I mean that was a DA quarter right off the bat and that's what you know one was so exciting and two was great because right off the bat after my back and forth with all the different podcasts DA comes out and puts up a 10 and five in the first quarter I'm just like good good yeah
1: um and also, it can be a conspiracy thing, too, where maybe they're trying to put this out there because I don't know how much the media is really controlled by whoever. Maybe there's coaches or something. be like, hey, can you guys, like... Because all of a sudden, like, everyone's on DA's ass,
0: right? Monty Williams is like, listen, before the before the game, he's, like, calling up Chuck, and he's like, hey, man, listen. Yeah. Can you just ride DA's ass because it ain't working in practice?
1: Yeah, but, I mean, I feel like there's so many people. Like, you hear it all the time now, and so maybe it's been planted a little bit. Um, that could be a thing. I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Um, but yeah, let's let's continue to see it. I think that um the biggest thing for me is if he can hold his like I like how he kinda holds a, uh, his teammates accountable in a way mm-hmm. on the court. Uh make it look real. I know Monty was talking about two weeks ago where he was like um he didn't feel like the the rest were really giving him any calls and like they were yeah. just missing a lot on DA. He mentioned DA himself, so maybe that was the thing too to plan something like hey give da calls even though he still won't but like maybe that's just like to show like hey da we still support you here you know what i mean yeah so that might be a thing.
0: <laughs> deep conspiracy theories by the sun's jam session podcast uh speaking of da obviously you know the news that came out yesterday uh that we all got uh, you know a nice little thanksgiving uh gift if you will patrick beverly suspended for three games thoughts matthew um
1: well i wish he was out of the mba um but it, it's kind of funny like um i just i wish i knew like the whole story of what the fuck happened because it was such a weird situation and like for pat bev to do that and then like of course book did say something about like hey we should just push each other in the chest and see what happens stuff mm-hmm. like that that was cool but i think um just being suspended three games for a guy that continues to do this—it's kind of fucking crazy to me.
0: I think so too. just—that's just, that's my. Think, I was
1: thinking like maybe ten games
0: or something. Yes, exactly you know what, what I, mean? I was thinking. Because again, you know, and, and they said in the statement, the released by the league that the reason it's three games is be three games is because he's a repeat offender. If he's a repeat offender, like like you said, Matthew, like make it hurt. Take ten games away from this guy. I forget who tweeted that, but somebody said, like, how dare the NBA, uh, if they really wanted to punish Pat Bev and the Lakers, they would have let him continue to play because he sucks. Uh, but, you know, that's I, I'm with that. I'm with that line of thinking, you know, when you're playing dangerously like that and you're doing those kind of things maliciously and you're continuing to do it to the same team. I mean, he did to Chris Paul. He did to DeAndre Ayton now. And then I love how everyone's like you know, trying to talk shit about Devin Booker. So they're like screenshotting a perfect moment where like DA is like pushing Dennis Schroeder in the side. And they're like, Oh, same thing. It's like, no, it's shut up. Just shut up. People shut the fuck up. It's not the same thing. You're not waiting till the plays over and then coming up and blindsiding them. Like Pat Bev has done twice. Like there needs to be a heavier suspension to that, but you know what? Pat Bev, I just, I, Oh God, drives me crazy. Anyways, let's, let, let's change it up. Let's stop talking about DA. We always talk about him. Let's stop talking about Pat Bev. We never should talk about him. Let's talk about, hmm, who should we go with?
1: The Warden.
0: Shout out to the Warden tonight. He really carried the team in the third quarter. He ended with a total of 15 points on 6 of 17 shooting, including 3 of 6 from beyond the arc. A couple rebounds, a couple steals, couple assists. Uh, But it was that third quarter where he went five for six from the field where he had 13 points, which really helped the Phoenix Suns, uh, considering it was just kind of a choppy first half from the team. So tell me what you were thinking kind of during the first half, not only watching his 0 for 9 performance in the first half and the choppiness that the team played with, uh, coupled with how he performed in that third quarter to kind of set the tone for Phoenix.
1: Well, he never usually goes like half to half to be like to be miserable the whole game i feel like if he starts out bad he can kind of make up in other ways the difference is like a lot of people are like well how come McHill doesn't give shit get shit for his games he has it's because i feel like he just he gives a shit all the time and he tries really hard and if his shots aren't going in it's just like being mad at devin booker if he's not making his shots you know good looks they're not going in it's kind of the same thing i just think he tries hard constantly in a game like tonight he hits huge threes in the third, man, to carry that team, like you said, because it's a trade team would not go away, and they never really did. But, I mean, if he doesn't hit those threes and they don't get a little bit hot from three, it's a, it might have been a loss. So he's always that guy, right, that can kind of hit those corner threes. Mm-hmm. And he the second one, too, that went in because he had two in a row, he, like, stepped into it. There was, like, a guy on him. I'm like, oh, like, he's actually really feeling it. And to start out over for 9, was it over for 9 or 0 for 8? It oh, was over 9. I think it
0: was over for 9, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So to start out that way and have the balls to come out and do that, that's that's the difference. I feel like he just, he keeps the play. He plays his game. And whether or not he gets his points, it's, it's up to really just his release just the way if he's feeling it or not, but he always has that effort there, right? He just always looks the same every game. There might be an off game here or there, but he's still consistent on the floor with his effort. So it doesn't upset me as much if he is off more than, you know, if DA is, you know what I mean?
0: Well, yeah, I, that's a continual debate. And, and again, one of those things that the DA truthers constantly bring up, is like, well, why don't you ride bridges as hard as you ride DA? Because he has a lot of offensive bolos, you know, where he doesn't show up at all. Uh, and he plays defense, you know, but so does DA like DA, you know, credit to DA again tonight, his defense on Bagley. Like a lot of people are tweeting out. It's like, just tell DA that he's playing Bagley every night, and he'll go out there and he'll play, you know, in a dominant fashion. Uh, McHale gets kind of uh, leeway, if you will, I think for a couple of reasons, obviously, you know, the draft pick. You know he didn't get drafted first overall, uh, but the other side of it is, I really think that he's he has that likability about him because he's not out there saying like, "Dude, I'm gonna dominate everybody." I've been just in the lab working. He's just he he's a goofball, you know. He's like your your cousin who's just kind of f- the the funny cousin, if you will, who's always just like, you know, you're oh, I can't wait to go to you know Aunt Sia's house because I'm gonna see you know my cousin so and so, and they're gonna be funny, you know. So it's just like it's just this different mentality. Is that good or bad or I don't know, you know? But I do know that in this game like you said, the balls, the balls that Mikael Bridges had in this game to start 0 for 9 and then come out and then just go, you know what, it's my world. I'm going to continue to just chuck up these threes because uh, that's what he was doing in that third quarter, man. He was just chucking the the three ball up. He ended up going in that quarter three for four uh, and was five for seven overall. I'm sorry. I, said, I think I said five for six earlier, uh, but five for seven for 13 points. I mean, just absolutely massive to have, you know, massive cojones, massive cojones for big ball bridges.
1: Yeah. It's funny on this podcast, we always have the hardest time trying to find things to talk about with Mikhail. I feel like I do. It's always (laughs) because like, seriously, like it's, that's why it's always the same thing. Every game. Like it's just whether or not he made his shots, like it's just, you know what I mean? Sometimes defense, he might give up some plays here or there to better offensive players, but we just, uh, we struggle for things with him because he just goes out there and plays his game all the time. And I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing, but if we're looking for material, it is hard to come from Mikhail, honestly. Yeah.
0: Well, the the best content you get from Mikhail are like his reactions to plays and his dance. I don't know if you saw uh, before the game, but both him, DA, and Campaign were dancing with the fan. You know, they're playing a song and they were just like dance. It was so cool. You know, like that's, that the kind cool. of con- that's the kind of content you get from Mikhail Bridges. It's just like the, fun, the fun-loving content. You know, and again, with DA, I just feel like, you know, he was there. He was and he was having a good time and we, <laughs> he was nailing it, too. So it's like, you know, we always have to remember these things. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about book, man. Big Dick Booker. It was more like, you know, like normal sized Dick Booker tonight. 21 points 8 of 17 shooting he was 2 of 7 from deep he's really seen over the past couple games his three-point percentage falter uh three of seven from the free throw line being kind of the the what the fuck moment uh but with seven rebounds five assists in this game had a steal and a block as well uh you know what'd you see from devin booker tonight
1: uh Sorry, if I'm whispering, I'm like in the room and it's really quiet. I don't want to wake anybody up. So
0: if it sounds terrible, is that what people like, say?
1: Oh, uh, someone I think Void commented and said it sounds like I'm getting my teeth pulled or something. Oh <laughs> so, yeah, he said that on Twitter.
0: Yeah. yeah. Lissy um, sounds like he's getting his teeth pulled whilst he's giving his half-hearted props. <laughs> but Void is on point eating crow like a legend. Oh, I love I love who who wants turkey? I want crow. Um Lissy's getting his teeth pulled.
1: Uh, yeah. Dude, Booker has a post breakup thing, so I, I, I kinda yeah. get it the way he, he kinda does. There's just like a weird kind of like feeling I'm getting from him on on the court. The way he looks and stuff, he just doesn't seem the same. He was up there though, like in the fourth quarter really cheering on his team and stuff. So maybe it's not bothering him as much. But um I don't how much I mean I give him a few games here or there, um, just because of the post game uh, breakup, but or post-breakup thing. Post-breakup post game. It was a post-game breakup. it didn't happen probably after the game. Um, so I give him a little bit of a leeway there. I I think that he can uh, hopefully find himself soon, getting back on the other side of thirty. Because I don't want the average to drop at all. I want it to go
0: sky high, man. So he needs to get back on track, dude. He's falling off a little bit. Yeah, the po- post-post Kendall uh, book is he's going through it right now, man. And I think we have to pray for him. So. Uh, I don't have much to say, you know. I think you, I think you, you said it best, Matthew. You said it best. Uh, we don't have a Josh Akogi drop yet, and I'm sorry, Jamsters. We just I haven't had the time to do it, but I wanted to give a shout out to Josh Akogi, especially you know in that second quarter. Now, overall for the game, he had seven points. He was two of four from the field, uh, and all those seven points came in that second quarter. Again, a quarter in which the Suns were outscored thirty-two to thirty by. The Detroit Pistons. You know, Devin Booker had nine in that quarter, and Josh Kogi was the second highest scorer with seven. Now, granted he was zero for two from beyond the arc, and he should never sh- he should never shoot a three pointer ever. But that being said, uh, Josh Kogi continues to exert himself defensively. I think that the the unit that they run out there with him uh, also being out there with like Damian Lee and Dwayne Washington Jr. A uh, little bit of Biombo. You know, I think that that really is a good defensive unit. That kind of can shut down the opposition and in turn is turning into some good offensive looks for this team.
1: Yeah. He, in a game like this, you kind of want to see him succeed because it is a lesser opponent, but <clears throat> I like how he's trying to get to the rim and stuff. It's pretty, it's pretty unique so far in this, this far into the season. Cause you don't ever see him try. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't really do too much offensively um he did a lot defensively though there was that one though that was like the the half court pass that he almost picked off around the other way but it kind of yeah. dropped it that was kind of strange but you can tell he has a good feel defensively um it's something we're kind of still waiting for though i mean he's had his games i feel like kind of the last four or five he's kind of been there uh defensively is really great offensively you're seeing more so i i continue to hope that he can be like that guy i think it was um EJ said that he can be like the um Gary Payton the 2nd mm. um kind of like that kind of guy for us like he was to the Warriors last year so if he can become that guy that would be huge um I don't know cuz Gary Payton the 2nd like that guy was freaking he, he he's a game-changer, and if Kogi can be a game-changer coming off the bench, it's going to be huge for the Suns going forward.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's just like Damian Lee. Damian Lee has been a game-changer, I think, thus far in the season for this team. If you couple that with Josh Kogi, I mean, you're really going to get uh, some... A quality deep team that again come playoff time, I don't know if they'll necessarily need those guys. Damian Lee will, I think, will have a spot in the rotation. Akogi probably won't, but to get you through a regular season, you need those guys. If you want to get a good seed, you know, a top four seed in the Western Conference, you need the Akogis of the world to play the way that he has. Now, that being said, offensively, he's never going to be that guy. And if we want him to be that guy, just accept the fact that he's not. You know, for his career, he's a 40% shooter. For his career, he's a 27.1% shooter from beyond the arc. That's just not his game. He's not that guy who uh, who can score in any, in any stretch of our imagination. Every time he shoots the ball, you're like, oh, left. Oh, left. Short. Le-. I mean, you could call it once it's out of his hand. So, again, props to him, though, for, again, you know, it was different segments of this. It was DA in the first quarter. Right. It was uh, a Kogi in the second quarter with Booker. It was McHale in the third quarter. And then it was kind of a team effort, if you will, in that fourth quarter where, you know, again, the Phoenix Suns entered um, just looking to try to close out a pesky, a, pe- a very pesky Pistons team that down a bunch of players. Uh, no Cade Cunningham, no Jade and Ivy. Are you disappointed that you didn't really get to see kind of their whole smorgasbord of players?
1: Yeah, I mean I am with any team, um, for sure. But especially a young team where you kinda wanna see Cade. Um I like seeing the young players kinda develop, you know, season to season. And we only play these guys twice. And I'm yes. not gonna ever watch a Detroit Pistons no. game. So it's like I wanna see them play the Suns. <laughs> I wanna see those guys in the court. Um, tonight though, I mean he had uh oh, God, what's his name? The point guard. <laughs> the, the guy Gillian Hayes. Gillian Hayes, yeah. You had him tonight. It's like damn dude, like
0: there's nothing there. I just don't see it. I see well, nothing Kill- there, man. Killian Hayes ended with 17 points uh, but and nine assists. So he had a decent game. He had six points in that fourth quarter. But to your point, like...
1: I don't see so, it, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for for those
0: who have been fans of this podcast for a while, we were really, really high on Killian Hayes during the Jalen Smith draft. And we thought that that kind of, you know, it was him and it was like Halliburton. Those are the two guys we were really hoping the Suns would take a shot at if they were going to go with a guard. And if they were going to go with a wing, we wanted Devin Vassell. And Killian Hayes obviously went really high. The Pistons took him. Hasn't really been that guy. And you know what? He continues to not really be that guy. Uh, 17-9 and though, I I feel like he had a lot of opportunity tonight because there was no Cade and because there's no Jaden Ivey. Like they've already kind of moved on from Killian Hayes.
1: Yeah. And Mario Lopez says he was aggressive tonight, something he hasn't been, he's always been missing. And that's true. He was very passive in the past. Um, I just, I think it seems like forever ago when he was drafted and I, I, I hope he can kind of break out of that because there is potential there. There, there is, I just, I want to see it where uh, he's kind of a game changer. Like we kind of thought he might be, but I don't see it yet.
0: (laughs) Uh. You could say that for the entire Detroit lineup, really. True. Uh, <laughs> um, Brunus ninety two in the chat says remind you reminds me of our old French point guard. Matthew, do you remember our, pre- our old French point guard's name? Yeah. Uh, Josh Okogee, right? Ellie Akoge. Ellie Akogi. Ellie Okogee. <laughs> Ellie Akon <laughs> Is it Akoge? Ellie Akobo. No,
1: Ellie Akobo. <laughs>
0: Uh, Marvin Bagley's the same thing. He's one of those guys who it's like, you hope for the best for this guy. He was six for 12 in this game, including one for one from beyond the arc, which Eddie noted was like, he's 14% on the year. That just goes to show you that the team that was, um, what were the, they're like one of the worst teams in the NBA when it comes to three-point shooting. If you look at their first half, they shot 50% from beyond the arc. Uh, but he also had, thir- he had 13 points and 12 rebounds in this game. A steal, a block, a solid game, seven offensive boards for Marvin Bagley tonight. So again, it's just another player, much akin to Killian Hayes. It's like, you hope for the best. You hope they do well. Like, I want Bagley to do well.
1: Yeah, especially with Detroit, too. Uh, I'm glad, like, he's kind of gone from San Francisco and they got rid of the stench, and now they're doing good. Um, the thing is, like, with when you're watching Bagley, you kind of see the effort on his side. You're like, damn, dude, like, that's worse than what we see from Aiden most of the time. I know he had the seven rebounds or whatever, but, like, <laughs> a lot of it is just kind of standing there, too. So if he can find himself and stay healthy, dude, he can still be a decent player. It's just the mentally, man, to overcome what he what happened to him that's gonna be the toughest yeah part. yeah he's kind of falling off and everyone thinks he's a joke you know what i mean i don't but it's just like that's the way everyone thinks of him so hopefully he can overcome that man i really want to well, see him kind of so become a you, good we, role player okay we, we, what's that oh okay, yeah what go ahead no you go ahead no i'm done no I'm I, done. Got, I got extra cheeks dude from thanksgiving man <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's the gravy, the gravy is always the best part. Um, you look at the Pistons, and they're a team that obviously they're—I think they're last in the Eastern Conference, if not their second to last. But I'm pretty sure they're last. They're a team that's constantly rebuilding. They have a lot of young assets. They got some quality players, you know. Uh, but I think one of their challenges, and one reason they're never going to get where they want to go, when you have Kevin Knox, Nerlens Noel, and Alec Burks as your bench, and they're pretty much just all Knicks scraps, you're pretty much fucked, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, you saw it. I mean, but Burks actually had a decent, like, what first quarter or so. Like, oh, yeah, I think he ended right. with
0: what seventeen is what he ended yeah, with. Yeah, seventeen had, like, for him.
1: He had like a ten quick points. Um, but yeah, when those names so are out there. <laughs>
0: That's the sucky part is
1: when you let those guys hang around. You're like, damn, dude, like, what are we doing? And then not even know, no, Noel was still in the league.
0: Like, that's that's a bad <laughs> means, part. I didn't know that Kevin Knox and all of his forehead was in Detroit. I thought he was oh, still in Atlanta dude. or something. You can show a movie on that oh,
1: thing. Oh man, his forehead's still probably back in New York, though, dude. <laughs> Sorry, that's rest, not very nice. He's a good-looking dude.
0: Okay, yeah, you don't have to lie. I mean, you do You just don't have to talk shit. Um, let's see, who else did I want to talk about before we? Carry carry on. Oh, real quick, just a real quick. One. They they slipped this one in there. I wanted to get your thoughts on Mr. Tory Craig.
1: Craig, I wouldn't feel comfortable lending you two hundred dollars without a job.
0: He's a vegan now. <sighs> vegan, and now he's playing well. Like holy
1: shit, dude, that pissed me off when I saw that. Why? Because I think Bianbo is too, because Bianbo was saying, because uh, they were asking like the Thanksgiving thing, like, what do you like to eat for Thanksgiving? And he said, turkey, when I used to be able to eat turkey. So I'm like, oh my God, like, maybe it's oh, a religious team. thing, maybe it's a different religion, but maybe it's being vegan. Like, seriously, like, if we lose in the playoffs due to just, you know, lack of, you know, having the strength, nutrition, of the, <laughs> the battle against these beasts, like, it's going to be be because they're not eating meat. Like, if you guys want to go down the path, go ahead. But if everyone's going to turn vegan and we don't have the strength to get through one series, I'm done with this team until they start eating some fucking meat. I mean, but he's been effective, though. Like, that's the thing. <clears throat> yeah, for now. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I am I am wrong. Like, I don't like, know anything about that
0: shit. <laughs> no, neither of us are vegan. And I feel like shit every day. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, I don't know. sun's jam session subreddit stakeout so what we like to do from time to time is we like to hang out on the opposition's subreddit during the game just hear what they're saying matthew what were they saying
1: (laughs) yes i was over there (laughs) and there's just there's crickets dude no one was on there there's not even a page so you're a liar and I didn't do it. All I had was my phone to watch the game on. There's no way I could do the subreddit. That's all I had. Well, I've
0: pulled it up in another window, so I can. I can, I have some highlights okay. that I can bring up for the Jamsters because I know that you know the Jamsters. You know, like Alberto Sauce in the set in the in the chat. He says, "Love this segment." You know, it's like yeah. we can't we can't disappoint the Jamsters by not having a subreddit stakeout. So here's one. It says, "Holy fuck!" Both of the Phoenix announcers are such pieces of shit replay after replay no contact nobody touched him i agree with the referees replay after replay showing craig stepping on bogey's ankles no contact yes. no contact fuck them corny assholes corny ass assholes that wow. was annoying though that, that was annoying. annoying they were way they, wrong like,
1: dude he's stepping his foot was like, clearly. yeah no
0: contact
1: <laughs> Yeah, that was so. That so was for really those of you who
0: didn't watch the game, the very end of the game, there was a play in which Bojan, Bogon, whichever, one of the Bogdanoviches, uh, who's no longer a trade target for the Phoenix Suns, uh, I'm just Shams is just telling me that in my other ear after he twisted the shit out of his knee. But Corey Tory Craig came down on his ankle, uh, twisted his knee. You know, everyone came out and they they were livid at it. And then yeah, Eddie and K Ray are just like. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like no contact what uh, looks like a non-contact no, like, you don't see him like he like he like stomped on his ankle and he was trying to move and it twisted it
1: yeah I couldn't believe it way it. off I was like squinting on my phone I'm like wait I'm pretty sure that's like a foot on top of his foot I'm pretty sure that's Tory Craig that stepped
0: on him it was <laughs> it wasn't he's not a light man no. so again you know they were going off on the subreddit on, on the Detroit Pistons subreddit Suns announcers can get fucked Man, who are these cunts? Wow, they are really Suns commentary is horrible. Why is everybody who's a Pistons fan watching the Suns feed? That's my question. Or maybe, oh, yeah. maybe it's because we go on their subreddit.
1: Maybe. And then why is everyone using the c word so much, dude? Uh, wasn't there like a band thing? Like it I feel was. Like, like we've used it. Like the Aussie podcast uses it, and like everyone just says it.
0: Well, I know, like when we're talking about the Aussies, it's kind of, it. You know, they it's part of the lexicon down in Australia. Yeah. yeah you can't. And it's something that's like, if you, if you yell it at a woman, I mean, it's, 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 you're, you're, you're going to hit a nerve, right? It's like when I took that spinal injection, they hit that nerve. And I was just like, Oh, motherfucker! It, it's the same thing. Like you just don't do that. But for some <laughs> reason, it's like, like I like the word twat way more than I do. Cunt, but whatever. This just <laughs> cut, cut the segment out. Um, we'll do, Oh, this is live. Uh, Here's another comment from them. And we haven't talked about Bogdog. We haven't talked about Bogdanovich yet on the podcast, who, by the way, uh, ended up having kind of a, a really bad shooting night. He was nine for 21, 19 points, three assists, four rebounds. But somebody noted that uh, Bogie either shoots or turns the ball over if he touches it with under five minutes left in the fourth every fucking game. Ouch.
1: Yeah, when he went down, I'm like, oh, this is like their best player, though, dude. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's the only one that really left, and he's always a Suns killer, though, man. Every time we play against this dude, he's always hitting big shots. Yes,
0: guys. massive. So ones.
1: I was still, I was still scared of him because it always happens against the Suns, man.
0: And crazy Luigi, thank you in the chat. You said Bo, it's Boyan Boyan Bogdanovich. Bo- Og- <laughs> were you
1: saying um, Bodog?
0: Well, you yeah, have Bogdan. Bogdan Bogdanovic Bogdanovich. Plays for the Atlanta uh, Falcons or the uh, the Buffalo Bills. One of the two. Um, here's another one. And I, and tell me if there was any merit to this because you were you hanging out on Sun's Twitter at all, or you were you were streaming it on your phone, no, right? I just have my
1: phone sideways <laughs> laying next to me, dude.
0: <laughs> Adorable. Uh well I was on Sun's Twitter pretty much the entire night, and somebody said in the Detroit Pistons subreddit, Sun's fans erupting at the sight of probably slipping out a win versus a five and fifteen. <sighs> Team down four starters. I don't know if anybody was erupting. We're like, yeah, man, we like we're in the championship, uh-huh. man. We beat the Pistons, man. Or it's like, okay, good. I,
1: I hate that because, like, even like the Lakers fans, will be beat the Lakers, are like, oh, good, good job being a G League team.
0: It's like, dude, we oh, still I just know. won. Who cares? It's like you can't oh, talk about being I, a team. Oh, should, should I be upset <laughs> because my team or oh, my team won? Uh, I guess I should be mad. Like, fuck, yeah. you guys can fuck right off. So we were
1: mad. We were mad at eight,
0: but that's about it. <laughs> <Just> joking,
1: <laughs> I'm joking.
0: The Suns jam session subreddit Stakeout. There you go, Jamsters. There you go. Whoa, Matthew was really close on that one. We got some uh, nose hairs on that one. Good God in heaven! <laughs> oh, let's uh, let's change the subject real quick. Jam
1: Star
0: of the game. All right, Jamsters. Here's your opportunity to go ahead and one like, two follow, three subscribe, four. Become an elite, jam- elite jamster. And five, in the chat, let us know who your jam star of the game was. Uh, Matthew, this one's easy. It's DA, man. He came out aggressive in the first quarter. Monty, for some reason, sat him for six fucking minutes in the second, maybe seven. Really drove me crazy. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, the team was sputtering and struggling. I mean, when Josh Okogie is carrying your team in the second, it's like, put fucking DA back in there. Played solid in the third and then led the team in scoring in the fourth. So DA, uh, uh, season Twenty-eight points, twelve rebounds, easy one for me.
1: Yeah, I want to go da, dude. <coughs> da, just like yeah. There you go, Harry Pat
0: Venus. <laughs> by, by Harry Pat Phoenix, he thinks da. Albert H says da. Uh, Sony says no haboob tonight. Yeah, I didn't play his drop, and I don't think I'm going to. Uh, Crazy Luigi, either DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, Cameron Payne. Get it for me, Dicky Donkey Ayton. Da uh, for Scott Lacey. We also have da from Sonia. D.A. from Fabio, D.A. from Mario Lopez, the district attorney, D.A. from John Doe, uh, a Kogi from from the Koda Kid, one of our lead jamsters. Um, yeah, I mean, it's got to be D.A. It's got to be D.A. Legend E. D.A. for show. Sure, D.A. District attorney. He, I love that. The district attorney. Let's use that. How threatening is that? Oh, my God. Well, I'm going to I'm going to let. So says Jay know that one. It's like D.A., the district attorney. Deal with it. Sustained. Um, yeah, I mean. Great job by DeAndre Ayton, obviously, for, for showing up, showing out, being the guy that we needed him to be. Uh, of course, it comes on the eve or the, the day after where I was just – I had time. We were sitting around, you know, watching uh, some Cowboys games uh, or game, like multiple games, watching the Cowboys play. And I was just like, you know what? I got nothing to talk about. And fucking let, 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 let's start a war. Let's start a war with other podcasts. I've been watching Lord of the Rings. Uh for some reason like i watched all three of them in the last week so i was just like i needed the the kings of gondor to go against you know the the rohan let's fight about deandre and the district attorney um mateo bentancourt in the chat will da da continue to play this way well you know if uh, if you follow the trend nope I saw um, that
1: movie. Nope. <laughs> nope.
0: <laughs> uh, next up for the Phoenix Suns. Obviously they play tomorrow night. They play against the Utah jazz, a team that's in which they lost just by one point last week. Um, no, Mike Connolly in this game. He is expected to be out. He's a knee strain. So he had a good game against the Phoenix Suns last game. Uh, again, this is a team that shoots the fourth most three pointers in the league. They make the fourth most three pointers at and have a at a thirty-seven point four percent clip. So a, a team that's definitely going to hit you there. A team that also um, allows you to shoot the three ball. They give up the fifth most, uh, or I'm sorry, the third most three point attempts in the league. So you know looking at tomorrow night's game after you're expecting a shootout.
1: Yeah, I think so. Again, I I feel like we can expect some of the same last game, but um, I want to see DA kind of really take over too in that game again uh, to maybe slow the game down. I mean, I think that would help the team, the Suns team a lot um, because I feel like you can kind of see tonight where, like, I feel like some of the guys were missing, like, Shamit and Cameron Johnson and Chris Paul, like it's kind of coming into effect a little bit. It just it seems like they're kind of getting a little bit tired, especially back to back. So let's see if DA can do it again. Um, I'm excited because they're wearing the sunburst, so that'd be fun. I kind of wish Utah oh, yeah. would wear their 90s, but they can't, so they they'll, can't. Probably wearing those, they'll probably be wearing the bright, <laughs> those bright yellow ones. <sighs> yeah, they're <sighs> the highlighter ones. So we'll see how that looks on the court. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, for the Phoenix Suns, uh, you got to understand that Utah, they are also playing tonight. They're about to lose to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, The only way they beat us last time is Laurie Markkinen literally had a career game against us. And we won by or we lost by one point. And we're at home. You know, this team is the best uh, home team in the league. I think they're what, 10 and 1 now, 9 and 1 or 10 and 1. So the Phoenix Suns, they own the home court. It's going to be a fun game to watch, as you mentioned. We get to see those sexy sunbursts again, so anytime that happens, it's it's going to be a good game. So, uh, what time's that one kick off at? It's seven p.m. Arizona time, I assume.
1: Yeah, I think it's seven. Uh, so you'll—I don't know what time you get home, but I I fly in at nine, so I'll probably be home just in time for, <laughs> for like maybe the last two minutes. <laughs> gotcha should, should yeah. i should
0: i reach out to some of our cohorts and see if they want to contribute
1: yeah let's yeah. get yeah I and mean, the da can have a crappy game we can all fight about it
0: there something. we go hey i love it maybe i should reach out to the <laughs> aussie suns fans see if they want to come in and host it with me and we can just talk about da for an hour maybe i'll actually do that i'll hit up gavin see gavin or boyd gavin or boyd if you're listening or watching uh dm me or i'll dm you uh but that being said yeah i'll be driving all day tomorrow so i'll get home probably right in time for the game to start Ugh. i guess and then yeah. I go down and just watch the game, do awesome. the pod, and then just go to freaking sleep. It's twelve hours on the on the road again tomorrow. So.
1: so, so people keep asking about jock too in the chat. Yeah, and I feel like last that's, last spot they did too, but like we keep forgetting about it. Yeah, like, well let's
0: well let's let's go ahead and throw his, his drop out there and and, and talk about it. Jesus, this is a nice limo. Yes, it is. Now suck my jock. Landale. Third consecutive game that Monty Williams has chosen to go with Bismack Biyombo over Jock Landale. The question everybody's asking, Matthew, why?
1: Well, I love Bismack, and I feel like he's doing a tremendous job. Um, but it is strange because we've seen such um, a good, consistent play from Jock. He went through like a slower stretch, but I thought he kind of got it back. I felt like the last few games before he got benched and hasn't played, like he was playing good. Ever since that one interview he had where he was wearing that dirty Yankees hat or whatever, then he hasn't <laughs> come back. So I don't know if there's something off the court that happened. Maybe there's a whole lot of um, harassment stuff. Maybe it's that. I don't know why I even said that because yeah, that's terrible to it's say. It's
0: not even true. Not even close Yeah, to well, true. I
1: didn't say what. It's just harassment. On, that was fake like, news. Ish. Yeah. Um,
0: who maybe knows. it's the fact that he's three of 26 from beyond the arc this season but he doesn't <laughs> shoot it as much so anymore he still shoots it Monty williams is probably like dude fucking stop. he's like jock before you go in the game no fucking threes he's like oh i'm gonna be wide open you cunt and he's like no fucking threes he's like i'm gonna fucking shoot anyways i'll show you and then he'll yeah. do it and then he's like you're he's like you're out i think it's a couple things you know again i think that you know one i think bismack how many games did we not see Bismack and what we're doing on the pod? Where's Bismack? (sighs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Two. you know, that with Bismack, you're going to get some uh, defensive shot blocking. Although Jock can do the same thing. I feel like Jock obviously brings a little bit more offense to you, but I I feel like it's, it's more of a matchup thing. I think, I feel like it's more of a matchup thing. So, we'll see moving forward. You know, there's, there's peaks and valleys, there's lulls, there's all kinds of things throughout a season that a coach has to manage. And the big thing and the challenges that you have in the NBA with as many players as you have, even when you're injured, like the Phoenix suns are, is you have to keep the team engaged. So what you do is you run a couple of weeks with Bismack. You run a couple of weeks with jock. You let them kind of stay engaged here and there as you navigate the long and winding road. That is an NBA season.
1: Yeah. I don't really care who's on the court either. Um, as long as we're just getting the wins, obviously that matters. I mean, we're number one in the West, which is really yeah. weird. It's been such a weird up and down season,
0: and, and yeah, but, and we're still number one.
1: Yeah, and if like these guys keep missing games, it's fine. As long as there's nothing like serious. Um, they even brought up Sarich, too. It's like if Sarge doesn't play for a month and comes back, it's cool. As long as we're winning games, dude, yeah, I'm fine. Well,
0: with Well, and the same thing. I'll bring it back to Da. The same thing goes with Da. You know, as long as we're winning games. It's okay for him to have a lackadaisical kind of some of those games where it's like, dude, what the fuck? Because we're winning. It's when we start losing that that hammer really will come down. And, and you think this, you know, remember this, Suns fans. For those of you who are massive DA supporters and blindly are massive DA supporters, I like to think I'm an equal opportunity asshole. Like I'll look at everything and I'll take the information and based on the information, I'm going to make my decisions, right? I'm not just going to go like, well, I like DA, therefore everything he does is great. Or I hate DA or for everything he does sucks. Like you have to, you have to take it all in, let it swirl around in your head a little bit and, and make an opinion based off of everything that you see. If the Suns were losing games, everyone would be pointing to DA. Fucking everybody because of the money he's making and the lack of effort he gives sometimes. And guess what? Tonight we're winning games, and DA's, he had a great game. So we should give him praise uh, when he's earned it, and he definitely earned it tonight. So we'll see moving forward what he does. We'll see what the rotation looks like behind him and what Monty does. Uh, but you have to see everything holistically, in my personal and humblest of opinions, Matthew.
1: Well, The only thing was with D.A., man. It's like, yeah, I get that Like, if we're winning, but that's an exception for me is where I think that he needs to really work on his offense. Um, And, of course, like E.J. said he should be leading the league in rebound. That's fine. But I'm just saying if we're going to end up – if someone could just tell me, come out and say, hey, D.A., we're not relying on him for offense. Like, we're not even going to worry about it this year. Then I'll be fine. But if we are and we're going to rely on it later in the future – they need to start working on something now and keep working on it. That way he can be that guy. If we have these games where he's just like non-existent, it's going to hurt us in the in the long run, I feel like mm-hmm.
0: still. No, I, I, I completely agree. You know, because again, we have to be looking not only for this season, but for seasons moving forward. And we want to see those instances like tonight where it's like DA can control a game. We need more DA games because guess what? In a season or two, we're going to have to rely on those almost extensively, knowing that it's going to be him and Booker in this team because you're going to have other people who are just not going to have the ability to do so. Uh, Mario Lopez asks in the chat. He goes, does has Dwayne Washington done enough to get minutes over Landry at Matthew?
1: I really love Shamut this year. And I know he's had he's had some 0-4 games, but I think he's doing a lot with that second unit unit that uh, Dwayne can't do. Especially if there's even some playmaking stuff he's doing. Washington's still having a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've had some really good scoring games from Washington, but I think Shamit, and especially how much money he's making, he needs to get those minutes over Washington for now.
0: I think Washington allows Landry Shamit to take as long as he wants to get back from this concussion protocol. Having a player like him who can put up points effectively is allowing this team, much akin to Chris Paul, is allowing them to get the rest necessary so they can come back at full, full strength. Not 80%, not 90%, but 100%. Uh, When Landry Shamit's back, no, I think – Dwayne Washington falls back into his role and he becomes a mop-up guy. Guess what? There's 15 guys on this team. Not all of them can get substantial minutes every night. So you can appreciate the effort that he brings in night in, night out. And we do. Dwayne Washington has been fantastic. Him and Damian Lee have been two huge Huge pickups for the Phoenix Suns. But when the time comes, you have to, to your point, Matthew, you're paying Landry Shaman a certain amount of money for services that need to be rendered and you need to allow him the opportunity to render those services, in my opinion. Uh, I agree with you. I think that what he's doing from a playmaking standpoint has been plus this season. From a shooting standpoint, I still feel like there's a lot of opportunity for, for growth in that capacity, but he has the ability to do so. We've seen stints of that throughout the beginning of the season in the games that he's played.
1: Yeah, and Matteo Benicourt says, "I don't know about the playmaking. It's true, it's nothing like great, but there's just instances where it's not even huge. It's just like he finds the right guy, like the point five offense. Point five mm-hmm. offense is he's moving like- the ball." Moving the freaking ball, dude. He's really good. And it sounds stupid and lame, but a lot of these guys can't even do that. So the fact that he can, and he seems like a good Monty guy right now. Like he's playing. He's playing his game that he should play last year. So uh,
0: agreed. I agree and, that. and and if you go and you look at like his assist totals, it's not like he's going to have a ton of assist totals, but he's got a lot of those hockey assists. Because to your point, Matthew, like he's moving the ball around the perimeter, he's he's driving and he's kicking to the to the perimeter, they're making that extra pass to a wide open person. And because Landry Shamit was driving to the to the paint, a defender collapsed. And, it, you know, again, if it, they were counting hockey assists, I bet you Landry Shamit would have uh, some good numbers relative to that statistic. Me too. <laughs> well i think on that no jamsters i gotta go to bed i gotta hit the road tomorrow so i gotta i gotta get some sleep matthew i think he's finally starting to wake up so he's pissed now because now he's gonna be up all night but we thank you ever so much for hanging out with us after another phoenix suns game uh you know you you have a lot of choices you have a lot of suns podcasts out there to listen to our good friends fanning the flames our good friends the aussie fan, uh, suns fan podcast uh go check them out when you can you know but thanks for hanging out with the original Phoenix suns post game podcast, the sun's jam session. So make sure you follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida, read my writing at the bright side of the sun.com. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. That bitch. <laughs> and you can follow this, the <laughs> the pod at suns jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Make sure you subscribe, rate review, hit that thumbs up button down below. We appreciate it. And we will see you tomorrow. I will be back in Phoenix tomorrow after a long, long drive. So wish me well. I will see you then.
1: Yeah. Go home and love your family.
0: <laughs> <laughs> donezo